It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step, not your right step, Kevin, your wise step in your financial life. Because wise is the blend of knowledge and action. Right. And we're all about taking action here and on it's Wise in Money. in the show. name of the show. Oh, yeah, that too. Right. That too. Hey, folks, my name's Mike Bernard, your host and one of the advisors on the show, along with my fellow financial advisors and comedians, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. We receive questions all the time from people who want to understand how their retirement plan at work works. So today we're going to tackle some of those questions and break down the differences between a 401k, a 403b, and other retirement plans for small businesses. If retirement is anywhere on your radar screen, then listen closely today because we're going to help you understand the tools you can use to build a better nest egg. That's right. This 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 topic applies to everyone. And if you were listening last week, hopefully hopefully you were, or you can catch it out on the podcast. We were talking about different employee benefits. So this is kind of a two-parter, if you will. But um, so folks, this is your show. If you want us to talk about something else, go to wisemoneyradio.com, submit a question there or a comment. Or if you're driving or would rather just use your phone for calling instead of texting, uh, go to 574-222-2000. Well, yeah, you could text on that too, but you, we wouldn't get it. So anyway, connect with us on Facebook as well, at Wise Money Radio uh, on Facebook. And you can submit a question that way and listen to podcasts and all of that. So, All right, we're kicking off today's program with a question from Jan. Here's what she asked. Jan is from Niles. She's age 47. How much can I put in, into my retirement account at work? I thought the maximum contribution was 25%, but I'm not sure, and I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah, I, I hear you. I get that. I'm pretty sure they match 3%, so I've been doing at least that much, but I'm ready to increase my contribution because I'm thinking about retirement, and I'm not sure what the limit is. Thank you. Well, that's a great question, Jan, and really, it depends. Your, your question is, how much can I put into my retirement account at work? And then you said there's a 3% match, so if I'm doing detective work, I'm wondering if maybe what you've got there is a simple IRA. So if it's a simple IRA, your maximum is 12500 that you can put in. And then if you're 50 plus, you can do another uh, $3,500 catch up. But we're actually going to be breaking down the, uh, the differences between the simple IRA. I kind of gathered that too, Kevin. That's probably what she has. Um, we're going to be breaking down the simple IRA yep. versus 403B versus 401K. But I would actually back up here and, and would answer your question by saying what you need to know, Jan, or really anyone in the same situation is how much should you be contributing? Yep. I love the spirit of saying, I want to do more, right? And so what's the limit? Because I don't want to do too much. But I, I, I want you to make sure that you know exactly how much to do. Yeah, and I would direct you back to, to the HR department at work and say, what kind of plan do we have and what can I put in? To your point, Mike, I've heard folks say, listen, I'm not putting any money into my 401k at work because there is no company match. Or I'm only going to do 3% because that's all the company is doing. And that is, in, in kind of 
old man speak, I can hear my dad talking about cutting off your nose to spite your face. So these corny little sayings that they have. But that really is what it's about. To Mike's point, the idea is I want to know how much I need to contribute, what percentage of my household income needs to go toward retirement. So I shouldn't touch it. It's savings for the future. And then what part of that should I do through my employer plan at work? And what part of that might my employer actually be doing? It looks like your employer is doing 3%. Um, so that's what, that's what you want to figure out. And that's how you want to answer the question. Um, how much should I put in? Yeah. And the process for figuring that out, we've talked about quite a bit and that's building a retirement plan. A retirement plan is a component of your overall financial plan. And so figuring out Jan, exactly how much you should contribute or really anyone listening, how much should you contribute is figured out by addressing all of the variables in your financial life in building a comprehensive financial plan and a comprehensive retirement plan. So um, plans. Kevin's right. Go back to HR and check with uh, the folks there about exactly what type of plan do you have because there are big differences between them. And a simple IRA is different than a 401k, which is different than a 403b. We're going to break down some of those differences. Um, in my opinion, if I were to just make it really, really simple, there's kind of four different types of plans. If you're a large business, you probably should have a 401k. If you're a small business, you should probably have a simple IRA. If you're a not-for-profit business, you probably should have a 403B. And if you're self-employed, you should probably have a single K. And we're going to talk through each of those. That's right. And there are other types of plans out there as well. But every one of these that you just described and that we're going to unpack together is uh, we would categorize them as, in our industry, the jargon is defined contribution styles of plans. And, and they really have been kind of taking over over the past uh, couple decades or so, it used to be that if you worked for your employer for years and years, maybe you would retire with a pension and they made a promise to you that they'll give you a specific payout during retirement and that's what you were working for. Now, it's not a promise to give you a certain uh, income stream in retirement, it's a promise to put a certain dollar amount into your retirement plan. Or just really the promise that you'll be able to contribute right, as giving the employee. You, giving you the option. So 401k, if you if I was drawing a picture for you and I drew hundreds of these, I think, in the recent retirement class that we taught at Bethel. Umbrellas. Umbrellas, that's right. A tax umbrella or think of it as a tax shelter, if you will. This is a way for you to get money outside of the, the, the rainfall, if you will, the taxation world and into an environment where it can grow without being taxed, without getting rained on. And inside of that account, you get to decide how it's invested, how it will potentially grow for your future. And then uh, you have to eat the results when you get to retirement. So the risk stays on your shoulders and uh, you're going to either have a, a well-funded retirement or not, all based on how much you chose to contribute. Yeah, good, good point. So we're going we're gonna to dissect some of these, the most common ones. And we're, we're going to start with the most common, which is the 401k. And so let's talk about some of the details there and, and try not to get too granular here, but let's talk through some of the details of the 401k. Well, one of the details I think that uh, we, we really need to hit, mostly because it's the spirit of Jan's um, question, is... If you're contributing to a 401k, what are the limits going to be out of your paycheck? Because your employer is willing and they're offering to you to pull dollars off the top out of your paycheck before taxes generally, and you can contribute up to $18,000 of your income as long as you have at least $18,000 of wages. Um, if you're over age 50, they'll let you do another 6,000 on top of that. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a huge, huge bucket that you can contribute to 
on an annual basis if you have enough income and if it fits in the monthly budget. That's right. Uh, your employer can offer a match. And Jan, as you mentioned, your employer is, but they don't have to. And the other part about the match is they can have a what's called a vesting schedule, which means the match dollars go in from the company, but they're not truly yours if you were to leave if you leave within a certain period of time, and sometimes that's three years, I see a lot of them that are five or six years, that uh, it gradually, the money that's matched into your account isn't fully yours until you're there for a certain amount of time. Yeah, they're trying to incentivize you to stick around, right? Yeah. Be, be a long-term employee. Um, you know, the other thing uh, to keep in mind is that there is a relatively new option on the table with many uh, employers. They've added a Roth 401k feature as well. Which I love. I love. And in the last uh, our last show last week, we were talking about that's something you need to consider. If, you ha- if you're not doing the Roth version of your 401k, you need a good answer for that. You need, you need to say, yep, I've ruled it out. I've thought through this. And the traditional is the right thing or the Roth is the right thing. You have to make an intentional choice there. Yeah, you're going to make that intentional choice by examining what is your tax picture, That's which right. one makes sense for you, not only today, but but over the long haul. But basically the difference between using a Roth feature versus the, the traditional approach to using a 401k is uh, that the Roth is using after-tax dollars. You, you take the tax hit up front and then the dollars can grow tax-free. It could create one of the only pools of tax-free money for you when you get to retirement. Yep. I will go on record here, folks, and say when we switched at Corhorn Financial Group from a simple IRA to a 401k a couple years ago, I'm doing the Roth contribution. Uh, the Roth isn't available in the simple. We'll get to that. But uh, within the 401k, I'm, I'm doing it. The other thing I'd mention, and I'm certainly not condoning it, but typically 401ks have a loan option available. And I, I hate that. I, I actually would say don't don't go out and do it. There's Actually, we've tackled that question on the show. I bet we'll, we'll get it again from another, another uh, listener after this. But typically, there is an option to borrow, take out a loan against your 401k. So, uh, okay, folks, so we're just scratching the surface on 401ks. As well, we're going to talk about some of the other details with different retirement plans. So we've got that and much, much more here on Wise Money with 401 Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. My name is Mike Bernard. In the studio with me, Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for their sponsorship of the Wise Money Show And right now we're discussing the different types of retirement plans available. Last week we were talking about how it's employee benefit enrollment season right now. You're making all those choices. And so this week we're tackling a question from Jan about, hey, what's my contribution limit for my retirement plan? And so we're using that as a springboard to say, well, it depends on the type of retirement plan you have. So we're breaking them down. If you have a question for us, give us a call, 574-222-2000. Or you can send us an email by going to wisemoneyradio.com. You could submit a question right there on the right. It'll be an email directly to me. We'll add that question on an upcoming show. Okay, so Jan's question once again, if I can find it here. Um, So she's basically saying, I've got a retirement plan at work. I want to start increasing my contribution. What's the limit? Because I don't want to make a mistake here. 
And we said, basically, well, the limit depends on the type of plan offered. So we started breaking down the 401k. For those of you that have that, that's probably the most, uh, most common retirement plan. One of the least common, though, is the one I want to hit next, and that's the single K. So let's talk about those variables. Yeah, we love the single K. There's a lot of different kind of uh, handles that that's given terms, if you will, a solo K, a one-person 401k, a single K. Um, but here's the idea. It's a plan that's designed specifically for business owners with no employees. That's right. Other than, say, a, a spouse uh, or just the business owner, uh, him or herself. So this is a great plan because just think of it as a one-person 401k. And so all the rules apply, except it's it's much simpler, if you will. So the contribution limits, the, the nice thing about that is you have generous contribution limits. If I'm under 50, I can put in 18. If I'm 50 and up, I can put in 24 based on my income. So I have to have at least that much income to contribute. But if I have that much income, income and more, I can also do a profit sharing component on the single K. And when you start looking at... Uh, business owners that are a one-man band who have high, high income, this is a fabulous plan to consider. And most people don't know about it. So you, you hit the nail right on the head. This is our favorite retirement plan for people who are self-employed. And if you have other employees, this is not the right plan for you unless you only have one other employee and it's your spouse. Yep. Here, here's a risk too, though, that your CPA might not even truly understand these plans. Yep. I, I've been doing some joint work with a CPA over in Chicago. That's where the client is from. And um, I, I recommended a year ago that they consider setting up one of these single Ks because this is a self-employed individual. The income is really starting to, to take off and they need a big bucket to stuff some money into so they can get some nice tax write-offs. And the CPA acted like I was proposing witchcraft or something, you know, like didn't understand what was happening. This, this doesn't make any sense. And, um, exactly one year later, he comes to the table, we're doing tax planning and he says, Hey, have you guys ever considered a single K as an option? And, uh, you know, oh somewhere along the line, he had gotten an education, I guess. But, um, the, the point is that a lot of people don't realize that this is a tool in the toolbox and it is a way for you to set aside not only that $18,000, but maybe also a profit sharing contribution, uh, on top of it. So there, there's big money that you could squirrel away if you plan it right. Yeah. And I think one of the, the dangers, a lot of times when people think about retirement plans, if I'm a, if I'm a one person business, I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about retirement plans. We, we help companies with their 401ks. And a lot of times the HR people say, I feel like I have to set up a completely different business even to understand this and to administer it. Well, the single K should not be like that. The only, the only administrative detail that I would want to remind you of, especially if you have one of these is you do need to file a 5,500 if you've got 250,000 or more in the plan. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, uh, go back to the person that helped you set it up. Um, and if it does, make sure you're doing it. For a lot of uh, self-employed individuals, the commonly um, well-recommended retirement plan is the SEP IRA. Now, the SEP, we're not going to break into the details, but the SEP may be appropriate for some cases. But, oh, my goodness, I would do, I would do a single K. I believe a single K is much more applicable than a SEP. IRA. The, the major difference is a SEP IRA could be a tool that you use if you didn't plan ahead. 
That's right. So, you know, come this spring when it's tax time and we're helping uh, offer some ideas on last minute tax prep or tax uh, planning rather. Uh, a SEP IRA may be an option to, to contribute to, but if you can plan ahead, you can maybe do a better contribution using this single K idea. Yep. Great, great point. So, okay, let's uh, let's shift gears here and talk about uh, what I'd call the 401k's little cousin there, um, and that's the 403b, because a lot of the features are similar, but it's really the it's really for nonprofit companies. So let's let's break that down a little bit. Well, I think that is the primary uh, difference these days, right? That most you know, if if you worked for a hospital or a church or uh, a school system, that sort of thing, most likely you have a 403b. And it looks and feels an awful lot like the 401k. Even even the contribution limits have been made to match uh, yep. more closely over the years here. So you, it's that same $18,000 that you could contribute out of your paycheck. And if you're over age 50, it's another 6000 on top of that. So again, we're talking $24,000 that you could set aside. And uh, not everybody is able to max that out, right? right? But when you get to the end of your career, you're in your peak earning years, maybe the kids have been launched from the nest and you're really trying to do some careful tax planning or maybe play some catch up in your own retirement uh, preparations. This could be a way for you to stuff a, a lot of money aside into big retirement plans. One of the other major differences between a 403B at the hospital or at the school versus a 401K in other businesses is what you invest in inside of it. Mm. And you're, you're far more likely to run into annuity uh, investments with the 403B, mm-hmm. especially if you work for a school. If you're a teacher, you know, the, the school systems have been overrun by annuity companies offering this form of a 403B. Our preference generally is that you would use mutual funds inside of that 403B just because you shave off some of the expense uh, that's often there. Yeah. So this was going to be a a little Mike Bernard session on what grinds my gears uh, because I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this article. It it got so much attention that even my mom called uh, and to to talk about it, which she doesn't need an excuse. Mom, call me anytime. Love to talk to you. Uh, But the New York Times published an article two weeks ago talking about how teachers have the worst retirement plan available. And then it went, so that was a headline. And then it went into saying, typically teachers have annuity 403Bs and they're just awful. And really played it up, played, played the victim card pretty well, in my opinion. If I didn't also know that most teachers have pensions, I would have really felt bad. Now, so t- to Josh's point, you're right. I mean, an annuity, mo- a lot of 403Bs are annuities and they come with additional costs and some limitations. And that certainly, um, you know, in my opinion, wouldn't be an advantage of having them. However, however, I wouldn't glean from that article, well, then I just shouldn't save into my 403B because that's a choice. Sometimes, a lot of times, uh, hospitals and school systems are now saying, well, we'll offer an annuity plan, but we're also gonna offer a mutual fund plan too. So that's your choice. Don't read that article. I fear that author did the community or really our country a really, really poor service or disservice and, and scared people away from using a 403B. That, that's unnecessary. 
That's right. I mean, you, you wouldn't want to uh, pick a mediocre mutual fund plan to avoid a really strong annuity plan, right? Just because it is an annuity and you perceive that it's a, a bad tool or something. Yeah. And I would I would also say, don't read that article and say, uh-oh, I, should, I need to avoid the 403B. No, absolutely not. Because some of those, they, get that tax shelter umbrella that I'm tired of seeing Josh draw on the, on the whiteboard. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you need that because that can be some huge, huge tax savings for you. But other than that, very, very similar to a 401k. And we do often hear folks um, interchange those two. And I kind of have stopped correcting folks because they're, they're really the, essentially the same type of plan. Yeah, slightly different section of the tax code. But yeah. they're, I wouldn't even call it a, a, a little cousin or a second cousin. I'd say brother, brother sister. or sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings yeah, there. Well, just. Okay. Next right step. Uh, we, I know we have a lot of small business owners that uh, that listen to the show, and we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about. He slipped that one by you. Didn't he? he almost did. <laughs> Except you were snickering, yeah. so I figured. So anyway, we're going to be talking about a great retirement plan for small businesses here coming up. That and more questions here on Wise Money with Four Hundred Financial Group, News Talk ninety five three, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name is Mike. I'm joined by Josh and Kevin in the studio with me. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the realtors at the Inspired Team at REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Today's show, we've been talking about different types of retirement plans and what's available at your company may be different than what's available at your brother's company and so on. We're trying to break down those differences so you can make a great choice. If you have a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com. Give us a call 574-222-2000 or go to at wisemoneyradio on Facebook. You can reach us all three of those ways. Okay, folks, we are, uh, like I said, talking about different retirement plans and we're actually answering a question from Jan who said, uh, she's 47 from Niles. How much can I put into my retirement plan at work? I am doing at least enough to get the match, but I want to increase it as I look at that retirement goal and I don't want to put in too much. So we've been talking about different types of retirement plans because the answer to Jan or to those of you with a similar question is, well, it depends on the type of plan you have at work. So we talked about the 401k and the brother uh, the uh, 403B for nonprofit businesses. And we've even talked about the single K, sandwiched between the 401K and the single K, in my opinion, is the simple IRA. So let's break that down a little bit. Well, the simple IRA, it stands for Savings Incentive Match Plan for Employees. So when people say, is this a simple IRA? What is a simple IRA? There is an acronym that tells you exactly what it is, savings incentive match plan for employees. This is a great plan. It can be a great plan depending on the life cycle that you are in the business, depending on the number of employees that you might have in the business, depending on what your needs might be to set aside money pre-tax for retirement. So uh, according to its name, Simple IRA, it is a simple plan. It doesn't have some of the bells and whistles that you might have in a 401k, uh, a single K, a 403b, something like that. But it is it is very sweet 
and easy and simple. Your your contribution limits, and actually I, I misspoke earlier in the show, it's 12500 Anyone can do that if you're if that plan is available to you. And then you if you're fifty plus you can do three thousand. So the most you could do if you're fifty plus is fifteen thousand five hundred. That's a simple IRA. Compare that to a four oh one K if you're fifty plus it's twenty four thousand. So there's a eight nine thousand dollar difference in there. Um, that may or may not be a reason why you would choose a, a simple versus a four oh one K. A simple really when you look at it, it doesn't really have much in the way of cost. It's a fairly inexpensive plan to, uh, to set up and to administer and to have on an ongoing basis. Um, the, some of the features, like we said, that the 401ks or 403bs have aren't available. So you can't do a Roth option. Um, or a loan. Or right. you can't do a loan. Um, there's not a profit-sharing component where if it was a really good year, uh, they could do a calculation and put some extra money in your plan. But as you said, there's also not a lot of cost. That's what right. we what we didn't mention with the 401k and 403b is typically those plans can cost the employer or the employees and sometimes both thousands of dollars just to have available. And that's why I like the simple IRA for a small business because normally you're just trying to get your business off the ground. Margins are tight and it's a, it's a very inexpensive plan. And, and those costs are not... Um, you know, that's not uh, your employer or you getting ripped off. There is just a lot of work that goes into administering those more elaborate plans, a lot more reporting that has to go to the government. And um, so, so keep that in mind. The simple IRA is just a more streamlined option. It's not as customizable, but, you know, you just kind of plug it in and play. And one of the things that you're signing up for as an employer, if you were to offer this to your employees, is... Um, the, the offer to do a 3% match or an automatic 2% contribution to the plan. And uh, basically, it's just a question of, do you want it to um, benefit everybody no matter what, or do you want to create an incentive for them to be contributing themselves and then you provide a, a match instead? Yeah, Josh, like you said, the costs with the 401k or 403b, those are mostly compliance costs and it is it's much more complicated and we've run into folks that have a 401k and might have you know a half million even a million dollars in the plan where that level of complexity just did not make sense for them in their situation and they went from having a 401k to a simple IRA so if you are one of the decision makers in your company and you're saying well I don't know if I should have a 401k or a simple IRA, make sure you're working with your certified financial planner to help them uh, to get help going through the pros and the cons to know which plan will be right for me. Uh, one of the things about a, a simple IRA is if your company grows beyond 100 employees, the simple IRA is no longer an option. That's right. That's right. But I, I have, just like you said, a lot of companies right now are incurring the cost of having a 401k when really a simple IRA would do. But it is something you'd want to work with your certified financial planner on to know when to shift from a simple to a 401k. I did that with a company last year where the owners, it was in the RV industry, and their business has boomed. And now they've worked very hard, and they've been through the ringer. So this isn't, oh, well, you know, the 1%'s doing great. No, they have been through the ringer. But now they're into good times, and they're saying, gosh, we're just getting just getting killed with taxes. What do we do? And I said, well, we can shift from a simple to a 401k. And, and, and I like that. One other reason why I like the simple IRA for a small business is small business owners typically have a hard time 
taking money out of the business. They don't like it. The business, mm. their business is their baby. Yeah. It's the it's always the best investment. They want to leave money in there to hire the next person or to buy the next piece of equipment. But they're not they're not really in doing that. They're not really setting money aside for their own retirement, which could actually be a big drawback on the business long term. So having a simple IRA for small businesses helps the business owner get money out of the business in a real tax sheltered way. That's right. So they don't stay illiquid uh, forever right up until the edge of retirement. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so folks, we've hit those four major types of retirement plans. And before we transition, just want to recap any of the big takeaways. So once again, I'd, I'd call a 401k a, uh, a, a meaningful retirement plan for a large business, a 403b for a nonprofit business, a single K for a self-employed person, or a simple IRA for a small business. What other recap would you guys provide? You know, the, the action items on a personal level, um, you know, I would find out which type of retirement plan it is that you have so you can confirm what your contribution limits are. But then once you know what you can save, I want you to do the harder work of figuring out how much you should save for retirement. Others of you, maybe your action item is that you need to find out whether or not you have a Roth feature on your 401k. And if you do, that's great. That's awesome. But the hard part is deciding whether or not it makes sense to use that Roth IRA or stick with the traditional option. That's right. And then a third uh, action item for still others of you, um, consider going out and requesting an updated list of your investment options inside of the retirement plan at work. And the, the more challenging step there is going to be once you know what those investment options are, which one makes sense for you, which one complements your spouse's uh, retirement investments the, the best. If all these questions seem too sticky or confusing to tackle on your own, then maybe now is the time that you need to seek out professional help. And uh, hopefully you know by now that our doors at Coron Financial Group are always open to you. That's right. Yep, that's right. Um, and you know what else it, we didn't mention, but we've talked about it in previous shows, is make sure you're contributing. Make sure you know your match calculation. Yes. In previous years, uh, it's been it's been recorded. Sources have said that the employees have missed out on twenty four billion dollars of matching funds, and now it's possible it's because people just didn't have it in their budget to contribute enough to get the match. But I bet. I mean, matching calculations can be really confusing. We'll do 100% of this, then 50% of that, and then 25% of that. I think it leads a lot of people to think, well, I'm getting the, mat, the, the most match I can get, but they're actually not because their formula is confused or because it's changed. Yeah, anecdotal evidence, the vast majority of people that we ask to describe how their retirement plan at work works um, is we, we ask them, well, what is your employer match? Most of them, it's a guess that they're giving us, yeah. right? So, yeah. so make sure that you know it, just as you said, Mike. And, and I even think that was in Jan's question, the question that we're answering here. She said, I think the match is 3%. And gosh, you got to know that. Saving up for retirement is hard enough. Get as much free money as possible. And make sure you're using the right tax shelter so you can get as much money from the IRS as possible as well. So, Okay, folks, uh, we announced a big change with Social Security coming next year. We're going to pick that back up, as well as taking a couple questions from Becky and Summer here. That and more on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn, alongside Josh Gregory in the MNC studios. We are so glad to have you with us. If you've missed anything, check out the podcast. You can do so at wisemoneyradio.com or on iTunes, Google Play as well. Uh, if you have a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call 574-222-2000 as well. Check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. Submit a question that way as well. Uh, okay, a couple weeks ago, the Social Security Administration announced some changes for 2017. Now, they don't make changes every single year, but there are some meaningful changes here. There are actually three of them. And I know I give you that URL every single 10 minutes, but uh, I just wrote a blog post on this. So if you want more details about the Social Security changes for 2017, go to the Wise Money blog, and you can get there at wisemoneyradio.com as well. So essentially, there are three changes coming to Social Security next year, some big and none of them are really favorable, in my opinion. So the first one, if you're currently on Social Security, they did announce what kind of increase you'll get for next year. Now, if you've been on Social Security, there, you know there was no increase in your Social Security payment from 2015 to 2016. And da-da-da, they announced a 0.3% increase for 2017. Folks, that is not keeping up with inflation. So if you're living on that fixed income, life just got a bit harder contact your financial planner. I would tell you that just puts even more emphasis on those of you who haven't yet started drawing Social Security on selecting when you should, because that's just a small, small increase. So uh, the second thing, which we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago, is the amount of money that you pay FICA on, your earnings. How much money do you have to earn and still pay the Social Security portion of FICA on? It was previously... 118500 that you paid Social Security tax on all of that, and they've increased that. The largest increase in 30 years. They increase this every couple of years. It's the largest increase in 30 years. Now, starting next year, you're going to pay Social Security tax on the first 127200 that you make. So... Um, so, that's a sneaky way to do it, right? A, uh, how many people are even going to notice that? Uh, you, you might feel it uh, because... Your paycheck's going to get smaller. Folks, that is an increase in taxes. Now, right. the tax rates didn't change, and so no one politically needs to you know, lose votes. But that's an increase in taxes. And we're going to see more and more sly ways of these increase in taxes over the years. Because raising tax brackets and those tax rates won't get you any votes. So they're going to find other ways to do it. So, that's right. And it was about a year ago that they tucked in a major sweeping change to Social Security, right? And they, right. they added it to a budget deal yep. very quietly. No one knew it was coming. And um, so it, it does seem like this is how they're going to roll with uh, Social Security changes down the, down the road here. And lastly, I'm just going to hit it real quick because I'm not condoning it. But if you've retired, um, if, you, if you've begun drawing Social Security before your full retirement age but are still working, be careful but they did increase the amount of money you're able to earn and not get penalized on your Social Security. Now, that's just if you're drawing Social Security before your full retirement age, which is for most of you 66 or 67. You can work and make a little bit of money. Well, they increase that a little bit. So, 
anyway. So check out the Wise Money blog for more details on that, and hopefully you know how that's going to impact you. If you have any questions, reach out to us. Okay, folks, next question is Becky. She's age 58. Here's what she says. For the past two years, I've been involved in caring for my mom and are now moving her into an assisted living facility. I am so sorry. Uh, This has been a tough time for me and my sister, but it's made me think about my own situation. Should I buy long-term care insurance? When is the right time to buy it? Should you purchase it by by the time you reach a certain age? Does the price go up every year? Lots of questions. Thanks for your help. Wow, that's a, a tough time. Becky, I'll answer your questions uh, just from my professional opinion. Should I buy long-term care insurance? Absolutely. When is a good time to buy it? The best time to buy any insurance product is right before you need it, shortly before you need it. Because you don't know when that might be, a lot of times people say the best time to buy long-term care insurance is when it's the least expensive and it's the least expensive, the younger and healthier you are. So that's where you say, okay, um, if you are young and healthy, look at that and work with your certified financial planner in, in the area of protection planning and say, how much do I need? And, um, you know, should you purchase it by a certain age? Certainly that comes on your radar screen. This is event driven for you. You're taking care of mom and you're saying, okay, not what about me? And I, I totally get that, Becky. When I uh, was in my early 40s, there was a guy at our church that uh, had had a stroke. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get long-term care as well. And just a, a quick primer, long-term care, when you think of long-term care, think of protecting your assets. Yep. So there's um, disability insurance is really income replacement. It protects your income. Or protecting my income. But long-term care is really to protect my assets. Well, and also, I, I think that um, Becky is seeing part of the continuum that uh, exists when it comes to long-term care. Mom was at home. Family was taking care of her. Next step is, oh, we're going to have some professionals at the ready and have her living in more of a, uh, an apartment-style uh, lifestyle. And um, then from there, if, if her health were to progress in the wrong direction, um, maybe the transition following would be into a skilled care facility like a nursing home or a group home, that kind of thing. So, you know, understanding that this is a continuum and long-term care insurance, if you uh, get the right type of policy in place, can provide a benefit that can uh, take care of you wherever you are on that continuum. Mm -hmm. Many people would much rather stay at home longer and have uh, professionals come into the house to to provide the needs that, that they're facing as opposed to going to an unfamiliar environment and leaving their home altogether. Yeah. And a lot of times folks that didn't, that weren't proactive enough to buy the long-term care insurance, or maybe for whatever reason, it maybe it wasn't just proactiveness. Um, they didn't buy it. Oftentimes the family is then left to make decisions. If an event comes up where you're sacrificing on care or trying to patch things together. And, and that's, that's just sad when that happens as well. So uh, long-term care insurance is expensive, but it's something you got to consider. Yeah, depends depends on your expense, uh, your perspective. Yeah, that's true. What is expensive? Because yeah, I can point. tell you, long term care is expensive, 
but a nursing home is <laughs> that is expensive with a capital E. I'm glad you said right. that. And so the question is, would I rather do without a couple thousand bucks real time every year, or would I rather deal without a hundred grand a year at some point down the road, or even more? I th- I think of the ideas of freedom, independence, and choice that I can. I've got options if I've got long-term care. And there is planning that you can do, but almost all of the planning involves giving up your freedom, giving up your uh, control uh, of the dollars that uh, are yours. Yeah, good point. Okay, we're going to hit a question here from Summer. Summer is age 32. She says, my husband and I have built up some equity in our home over the past 10 years. And I'm wondering about opening a home equity line of credit on it, just in case for emergencies. I thought I only needed about five grand available. But when I went to the bank, they told me I could get as much as $35,000 available to me. Having that much access to my equity scares me, especially in light of the financial crisis a few years ago. What do you guys recommend? Well, I'd first of all address the fear that seems to be here that, you know, just like having a credit card in your purse or in your wallet doesn't mean that you're going to rack up a credit card balance. The same is true with a home equity line of credit. Just because you have the ability to go borrow money doesn't mean you have to. Agreed. In fact, that is the, the fundamental issue here. You describe this as a solution for your emergency fund. And I do not think it should be the first safety net that you have in place. The The better deal would be, the, the better plan would be to have a fully funded pool of actual dollars that you've saved up, an emergency fund bucket um, that should be somewhere between three and six months worth of your living expenses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you quantify the need as 5,000, most likely your emergency fund probably needs to be bigger than that, depending on what those living expenses are. That's right. I do like the idea of building up that emergency fund and then as well having some home, home equity line just in case. I, yep. I have told you guys on the show, squirrels have eaten into my roof. Well, we're getting that fixed. That's, anyway, an expense. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then if the furnace goes out and then there's another issue, I mean, you know, so the emergency fund can go pretty quickly if you hit a string of bad luck. And so, anyway, good idea. Thanks for the question, Summer. Thanks for the question uh, to Becky and Jan as well. So... If you have any questions, go to wisemoneyradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Colburn, and myself, we'll see you next weekend. And uh, have a great weekend, folks. Here at Wise Money, Colburn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.